Just one game left to go. Championship games in the books. Let's break them down. It's the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. Hello, everyone. Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL Podcast. Yes, boys, we've made it. Made it through the longest NFL season ever. Two decent championship games in the books. We'll get into them very shortly. Let's welcome the fellas in first, though. Josh, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, not bad, mate. I mean, everyone's uh, everyone's locking locking in their bets and their picks and their analysis for the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, I'm here looking at glasses. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that kind of shows to how far removed I seem to be from the NFL action after uh, after the weekend's very non, uh, non-Browns non fan-friendly uh, results. But apart from that, all good, mate. Good stuff. And Steve, busy moving house, mate. You find time to uh, watch some football this weekend, then? Yeah, I'm surprised I'm not in a box myself at the moment, <laughs> given the amount of packing I'm doing right now. But no, what a weekend of football. I feel like we've been saying that for about three weeks now. Um, every week of the playoffs. It's just been a very good playoffs, I think. Um, after the after the, the mundane, wildcard, super epic wonder weekend, the uh, the uh, next two divisional championship weekends have been excellent. So, yeah, he is hoping for a, a non-boring Super Bowl like the last time Sean McVeigh was there. Let's please have something better than that, Sean. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it. Uh, I'm sure it will um, exceed the ten three that we had the last time it happened. So we'll uh, we'll wait and see. We'll get into all that next week. Though we're going to bring a special live show next Thursday. Going to have a heap of people joining us next week to break down the big game. Um, and we'll get into all of that then. But, uh, fellas, let's look back then at how the two teams advanced and got there. Let's start off in Arrowhead, um, where the Kansas City Chiefs appeared appeared to be strolling to victory. Some sublime football in the first half, a complete turnaround in the second half. Massive credit got to go to the Bengals for a lot of this, but the Bengals digging a big hole for themselves, climbing all the way out of it. And um, I haven't heard anybody complain about NFL overtime rules this week. I wonder why. But in overtime, the Bengals got the job done. Josh, let's start with you. Um, like I say, if ever there was a game of two halves, this one was it, buddy. Oh, absolutely. And to be honest, that's been the Bengals' MO for quite a lot, especially for the second half of the season. I think that Zach Taylor, as a coach, gets quite a lot of stick in terms of his uh, play calling. But in terms of his second half adjustments, he's been on the money and this playoffs has definitely shown why. Um, it, it was night and day. The Chiefs were all over it. I, I, I was already... I, I was already there thinking that the Chiefs had done it. They're going through to the Super Bowl. I don't have to worry about AFC North winning the Super Bowl for another year. And did the Chiefs play the second half? E- either side? Asking for a friend. You know, Patrick Mahomes actually looked like he had dementia in that second half. Like he, he almost forgot how to play the position. I assume that half of it was great Bengals defense because there were quite a lot of great coverages going on. I think that that was one of the main adjustments was to make sure that the, uh, that Kelsey and Hill were well covered. 
But considering that they had great strength in not using them in the first half anyway, I don't see as to what the main issue was. It, he just seemed to be really gun shy. And I think that, uh, you know, Kansas went conservative. It's not something which you see all too often in these moments, but it, it cost them dear. And, you know, as we say, fair play to the Bengals. They came back from the abyss again and they are through to the Super Bowl, bloodied, bruised, but unbowed. Yeah, it was a very strange game, to be fair, to watch. Um, like you said, the first half, Steve, I mean, we were talking in the group chat on Sunday night and, you know, let's face it, the first three Chiefs drives were all the length of the field, 84, 75, 72 yards, all went for touchdowns. It appeared as though, even with just a minute and five seconds on the clock, that they were going to go and bang in another touchdown to end the half. But that ended up being a really significant play, didn't it? The last last two snaps of the first half might take us through. I think that was the turning point. It wasn't half time. I think the turning point was that defensive stand right at the end of the, of the first half. Yeah. I think if the Chiefs run that in or, or, or just score a touchdown, even a field goal there, I think this game is over. Um and it, it showed, I think it gives you, if, as a team, it gave them buoyancy. It gave them that, that belief that, yeah, we can do this. This isn't going to be a blowout. This isn't going to be a Vikings-Eagles uh, NFC Championship from 2018. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a, t- a close game and we can definitely come back into this. And that defensive stand showed in the second half because second half, that Bengals defense came out was a different team an entirely different team. Like you said, Josh, they played man coverage. The amount of times where you're watching the game and Pat Mahomes is all line who played a blinder, by the way, like they could not have given him more time than they did. And there was times when he had the ball in his hand for a good, like six, seven, eight seconds. And finally someone breaks through and, and, and he thinks he can get away and he just didn't. And that's, that's credit to the, um, Cincinnati secondary because the, those receivers down there, your Kelsey's, your Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, even, you know, even guys like uh, Michael Hardman, who had himself a, you know, a couple of a big catches in that game. Like, you know, those are the type of guys that are sl- some are, are going to break away from coverage eventually if you give them enough time, especially Travis Kelsey. And the amount of times that he took a sack or a loss or, or what have you, when he took too long to get the ball away, just showed that this this Bengals team sort of turned it up in the second half, and the defense just played played a blinder. Um, but before before we do go on to the to how the Bengals won the game, I think I would, you know, I, I think it definitely was a game of two halves. I think in the first half the Chiefs were lights out. You know, they they looked like they were absolutely unstoppable. And you know, I think when they went twenty one three up, I think it was. I think we all sort of thought like, yeah, this is done. Like, there's no way that this is going to go anywhere. I think it was. We all thought this is going the way we thought it would. Um, and we just, I just have to mention that that throw to Tyree Kill in the end zone. What a throw! On the run, rolling to his right, he throws the ball while he's in there, and Tyreek Hill plucks it out of the air as he's and gets two feet down. What a go! What a throw! What a touchdown! Incredible play. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, it like you said, Josh, game of two halves. Um, I don't know how they the Chiefs got nothing on offense. And do you know who I feel sorry for? I feel sorry for Andy Reid because he. He, he seems to be, I know he's now won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, but he seems to be the guy that always gets so close yet so far. Um, I think he deserves to have more rings than he does. 
Yeah, you've said that a couple of times, that you know, and I mentioned the phrase, a game of two halves. I mean, let's break it down into three chunks, if you like. Patrick Mahomes' quarterback rating in the first half was 149.9. His quarterback rating in the second half was 34. And his oh, was it not rate... nil? I saw nil at yeah. some point. Was that for a, different, uh, no, was that for a that... different period of time? That was for overtime, my friend. His quarterback rating <laughs> in overtime was zero. Yeah, 149.9, down to 34, down to zero. I mean, it was an absolute um, capitulation, wasn't it? It really was. And it was strange watching it. Um, you know, he was so locked in in that first period. We've talked a lot in the in the last few weeks around the fact that the Bengals make some excellent halftime adjustments, probably better than anybody in the league. Now, look, that's, that's good from a coaching perspective. You'd also question, you know, what they're doing in the whole week in terms of preparation leading up to it to find themselves in such a position. But certainly the, um, the halftime adjustments made a huge, huge difference. And Josh, it was a free agent signing that came with a few question marks when they paid the big money for Trey Hendrickson. But he seemingly was in the backfield an awful lot on Sunday. He seems to have got a real nice partnership going with Sam Hubbard on the other end. Um, you know, DJ Reader is an absolute beast in the run game. He seems to eat up blocks, and and that defensive line allowed that secondary um, to sort of go into lockdown mode, if you like. Um, so, I mean, going forward, I mean, we, we won't do too much in terms of preview of the big games. So we'll leave all that till next week. But this is a defense that really is has has been what's got them through the playoffs as much as the offense continues to grab headlines because of the star names and the and the firepower that's on there. In three playoff games now, the Cincinnati Bengals defense has really been the unit that's that's taken them to the big dance, hasn't it? Yeah, well, you you look at how the Bengals have got through just on final drives in terms of the playoffs. Big time interception on the final drive against Las Vegas. Big time interception against Ryan throws a lot of interceptions. Tannehill against the Titans, and now you know you just got big stands against Patrick. Where the hell was my head, Mahomes? So, you know, they, they've done incredibly well to stand up in the big moments. Absolutely. Trey Hendrickson, a, a lot was said about him on uh, on Sunday because of the fact that he was in the backfield a lot. But I do have to revert back to Steve, where Mahomes had like seven, eight seconds to make some of these throws when he got sacked. We spoke, we, we spoke a lot about Joe Burrow inviting the sacks upon himself last week. Patrick Mahomes, you know, he might as well have had a flipping Matador's flag on him, you know, because the the amount of which he of which he just seemed to run around on the spot, he wasn't even spreading the field. He was sort of just like Euro stepping in the same three paces, not getting anywhere. And players were open. You look at the all twenty two, you know, open by Mahomes standard, not by standard NFL. Rating, but you know, three steps away from a from from a defensive back, enough to at least make an attempt or throw it into the ground. Um, so you know, the Bengals did incredibly well on defense. Their defense is something to be. They're they're not one of the best, but they are definitely in the you know far better than average. They've they've definitely brought down the points totals for their offense to be able to get moving. They'll probably. You know, I, I look at Matthew Stafford 
the Rams next week. They, they, they'll be able to limit him as a quarterback as to whether or not they can limit the wide receivers. I don't know. But uh, obviously, you're not going to get too far into that. But, you know, their, their defense isn't an issue. Let's put it that way. They would definitely be able to do a good job against any offense in the league. This this Bengals team, to me, uh, brings so many parallels to the Eagles in 2017-18 because they're the, they are the, the, the underdog. They're the team that no one thinks are going to get any further than they then, than they then do the, after the game. And they go into the Super Bowl with the same rep and, and they look at the teams they've beaten. They've just beaten the Titans, um, who, you know, we all had our doubts as them as the number one seed, but the Titans had swept aside teams during the regular season. They've just beaten the Chiefs again for the second time in as in about three weeks. You know, this 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 Cincinnati team, we, we can not I don't think we can any longer sort of, you know, cast them aside. And I don't think the Super Bowl is as is as sort of one side as, as we may think. And I think in this game as well, I think it, there's there's a couple of guys that sort of went under the radar a bit. You know, Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase take the headlines. Um but like Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon had a great game. Yeah. He was just solid as a runner, just you know, just got the hard yards, eighty eight yards from, from twenty one carries. Like he just did what he needed to do and he just kept on beating up on that um on that Kansas City defensive line, and, yeah. you know, T Higgins, um, T Higgins was the man on Sunday. Yeah, T I think Higgins he was the only one in triple digits. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, the, they they had some stars all over the field, and that's what you want. You don't, you can't rely on one or two contributors. You need you need to have people making plays all over the place, and I think that's what Cincinnati did. And if they can keep doing that, then yeah, there's there's no reason why they can't go all the way. Yeah, word again as well to Evan McPherson continues to break rookie records in terms of successful kicks in the postseason as a rookie. Obviously helps if you're a rookie and you get all the way to the Super Bowl because you're going to have more chances to kick field goals. But, I mean, talk about a weapon that they found here in the draft, fellas. 12 of 12 in the postseason. Did anybody think for a second that that winner was not going through? I mean, mean, he's almost as, as automatic as Justin Tucker all of a sudden, isn't he? So... Phenomenal um, play from him. Um, look, the Bengals thoroughly deserve it in terms of what they've done during the course of this postseason. And I think the worrying thing is, like I said, the offense hasn't necessarily got firing on all cylinders yet. You know, if it can have one of its um, stellar days against the Rams in a couple of weeks, um, you know, I think we, look, I, I certainly will not be writing the Bengals out. You know, I, I, to be honest, I haven't really thought too much about where I think the game would be won or lost. But, um, you know, this Bengals team are capable of beating anybody. The worrying thing from from a, you know, from an AFC North's point of view is they certainly only seem poised to get better. You know, you'd think they would address the offensive line and those type of things moving forward. So this all of a sudden is looking like a real, real powerhouse of a team moving forward. Um, and, you know, fingers crossed we do get a good Super Bowl. Uh, they will be the AFC representative. Before we move on, fellas, I've just got to point out something to you. 20 to 1. 20 to 1. Tyreek Hill touchdown, Travis Kelsey touchdown, Jamar Chase touchdown, two-point conversion. I told you my 50 pence each way was going on it. I actually ended up with a tenner on it. So there you go, boys. That was, a nice, little, that was a nice little Sunday afternoon. There that brought the port scratchings in, didn't it? <laughs> it just, did, um, just quickly before we move on on the Chiefs, um, I saw an interesting sort of opinion on the Chiefs after they lost on, on Sunday about how they are drawing early comparisons to the Packers 
And could they be the Rodgers era Packers moving forward? Like it proves how difficult it is to get back to the ball game. And just because you have the best quarterback in the league isn't an automatic punch in ticket. You know, the, the Chiefs have obviously got really good skill players. We all know that. But this this defense has lost them too many games this season. You know, look at their pass rush. They only sacked Joe Burrow one time. Joe Burrow, who was sacked nine times last week. Like that's 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 night and day difference. And if you just got a little bit more pressure on him, if your cornerbacks and your safeties just you know put a little bit more pressure on receivers and made them drop a couple of catches and stuff like that, like this game could have gone very very differently. You know, all it all it takes. I know we obviously we've we've gone in on Patrick Mahomes and obviously he didn't have a great second half. But if this Kansas City defense puts up what even just one stand in the second half, that this is the Chiefs Rams Super Bowl that we're all talking about. So yeah. I do wonder well, how often if, have if... we laid into the Chiefs defense this season? Yeah. You know, we we've laid into them a lot and it's been for good reason. So, you know, absolutely. And there has been a number of times, you know, I look at both games against the Bengals. You look at how, you know, the Chiefs had the Bengals wrapped up in the first game of which they played. Um them in week 17, I think it was, and then their defense just imploded. And I think that they did quite a few of the same problems again on on Sunday, where they decided to rush five instead of four. They abandoned man coverage when they shouldn't have. Um, and then just sort of succumbed. That final drive, by the way, in overtime, Kansas City gave up. They, that, that defense gave up. They knew it was over. You know, McPherson didn't even need to kick the field. Joe Burrow could have kicked the field goal in the end. The Kansas was that <laughs> sure that the game was going to be lost. So, <laughs> you, you know, it's, yeah, the the defense has, had been an issue in that game. And I think that there are, there are question marks as to whether or not it can continue to play at a championship level. I think you're right there. It's definitely something to watch. Yeah, it's an interesting um, debate, and we'll, we'll we'll break down probably all of the teams throughout the course of the off season. Obviously, so much money invested in the quarterback, and, and look, I'm not sitting here saying that he's not worth it. You know, he didn't have a a great game. Well, certainly second half, he you know, like I say, he was phenomenal first half, but certainly second half, he, he was anything but that. Um, you know, with that being said, yeah, with when so much money is invested in one player, that's the beauty of the NFL. Yeah, you've got the best quarterback, but then <laughs> essentially you're spending a quarter of your team's cap on your quarterback. So, you know, you've then got to fill the rest with the 75% that's left over. That's the beauty of it, isn't it? There's there's many a different way to skin a cat, gents, as they say. So we'll wait and see what the Chiefs do. Certainly the end-of-season press conference that I believe was today, a lot of talk about the focus will be on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, and certainly, like I say, they're going to need to have some investment in there. I think there's talk that Tyron Matthews possibly played his last game there as well, so that'll create another hole in the secondary. Um, so, yeah, certainly... Probably going to be a fair bit of turnover in Kansas. Talking to turnovers, let's talk Jimmy Garoppolo, fellas, and the San Francisco <laughs> 49ers. Seamless. Anyone to think. It's been about seamless segues. It's <laughs> Honestly, if people go back through the library of our podcasts, it's the one thing of which I think that we can live with a badge of honor on. You know, that and some of the phrases that have come out. That was great, Sean. Considering we never rehearse it, fellas, we don't do a bad job, do we? We don't even bother doing a rundown these days. We are just by the seat of our pants. But anyway, the um, 
the second game of the evening, obviously the NFC Championship, and it was a rivalry going in that we said the 49ers owned the Rams. Everybody still expected the Rams to win, but for the longest time, it looked as though the um, form was going to stay true to what we had said going in, and the 49ers caused all sorts of problems. But similarly to what we've just said there with the Chiefs, um, you know, from a double-digit deficit, the Rams claw it back, um, and they will go on to play in their home stadium. Ironic, isn't it? Didn't happen at all, and then we've had two in two years. Um, Steve, in terms of this one, 13 unanswered fourth quarter points for the Rams. Um, Cooper Cup just continues to be phenomenal, but um, yeah, just give us your thoughts on this one, mate. It was just magnificent again, wasn't he? Um, I think this was, again, another showing and, and we've how many times do we bang this drum how many times do we do we have to keep saying it and i think if 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 the niners have even just someone marginally better than jimmy g they win this game um you know i know that the, the ultimately it came down to an aaron donald sack or, or, or disruption at the end who forced the turnover right at the end of the game but you know, I think there was definitely chances for this game to be won. And we all said it last week that this one was going to be the sort of defensive battle, this sort of, you know, in the trenches, this was going to be won with a sort of war of attrition approach. And it was it's exactly what it was. This game went to and fro. And at one point, you know, San Francisco were 17-7 up and looked like they could be cruising. Um, and they just, they just gave it away. They gave it away. And... Again, Jimmy G's, you know, rating is 87.1 and it's another interception, you know, almost 50% completion rate. Like, it's just not good enough. It's just not good enough. And Kyle Shanahan is ironically probably feeling exactly how Sean McVay did when they, um, Jared Goff couldn't get them past the Packers um, uh, last season. Uh, so you know, it's it, I think it, there's parallels there of 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 you know the future, and you know I think this will be the end of Jimmy G in in San Francisco. Well, I'm sure we'll discuss that in 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 the off season. But again, Matthew Stafford proving that this is this is not a fluke. Like he deserves to be where he is. He's suffered for 12 years in Detroit, and now he's going to his first Super Bowl and his first playoff appearance. And and fair play to him because again, he had another good game. Um, but I think all the players belong to to not only, I think, Cooper Cup, but also I think an honorary shout for OBJ. Had himself quite a game. Nine nine receptions, 113 yards, um, averaging 12.6. And then Cooper Cup, 11 receptions, 142 yards, averaging, averaging 12.9. The guy's on fire. Um, and I think has to be considered within the, the top sort of three to five receivers in the league at the moment. Um yeah, and a real, real close game probably could have gone either way. Um, but, you know, the defence showed up in the end and that's why you pay Aaron Donald the amount of money that you do because he shows up in big time like that and makes the play just like he does. And eventually um, the the San Francisco O-line, after a valiant game, um, eventually, uh, you know, gave way. But interestingly, Jimmy G wasn't sacked. Wasn't sacked once in the game, which is interesting. It was just that final last play of the game where Aaron Donald finally got to him and forced the interception. But yeah, real good game. Real good game. Shame it was on so late, so most people <laughs> probably missed it live. Yeah, it was a it was a good game. Like you say, it was intriguing all the way through. I mean, there wasn't an awful lot. 
of offense at all from San Francisco outside of one pretty explosive drive, um, which netted them the touchdown, um, which was off the back of a, a decent deep ball to Brandon Ayuk and then Debo Samuel doing what Debo Samuel does and taking a screen pass about 40 yards to the end zone, um, which kind of padded some of the stats. The rest of the drive certainly not overly impressive. We, we, we thought, to be honest, Josh, that, you know, let's face it, Jimmy G is a quarterback that tends to not lose games rather than goes and wins games. I think that's probably a fair assessment of him. Um, and when they needed him down the stretch, it obviously, you know, it wasn't quite there. Now, look, there'll be people that ridicule that final interception. It looks horrendous on the optics. But, you know, let's face it, seconds are dwindling away. It's the final play of the game, really. If he takes a sack there, it's pretty much game over anyway. He's just trying to make something happen. I'm not going to be overly critical of that, however bad it, it sort of looks. But overall, if you can limit Elijah Mitchell to 20 yards off 11 carries, Debo Samuel to 26 yards off 7 carries, San Francisco were never winning this game with that kind of production where they're making the wrong game. San Francisco should have won this game. Now they, I've should, they should have. They should have. They, they, they should have. And in fact, if we this this game is a game of inches, right? San Francisco were about four inches away from winning this game. The Jacquezy, I think I'm saying that name right, Jacquezy Tart missed interception with about what was it, two minutes to go? It definitely wasn't long to go, minute forty-nine or something like that. If he makes that interception, like Every conference championship level, DBLB, whatever, back, should San Francisco win this game and we don't have this conversation. San Francisco is a game management style offense. You have your star Swiss Army Knife player in Debo Samuel doing what he can. You're running the clock down. You're forcing the Rams to play, you know, you know, play behind the uh, behind the sticks and just keep it going and waste time and then you're coming back you're wasting time yourself and you're getting points on the board like you say Sean um, it's all about the wins with Jimmy it's about not losing it's about just getting on the right side of that win-loss column and it was going to plan today I mean today uh, Sunday night I don't think I've slept since then actually I've, <laughs> I stayed up to watch it and I'm pretty sure I haven't slept since um yeah I, I it was one of those tragic scenes almost and you've seen so many of these tragic plays play out in these playoffs where you've got the the team that you're thinking, my God, they're actually going to do it. And then the rugs just pulled out from under them at the end. You've seen it quite a lot this year. And when you're talking about, I mean, I, I harp on about Tarp missing that interception. It's going to plague him probably for the rest of his career. You know, we, we are talking a matter of inches. He's probably just lost it in the, in the sky. It's an incredibly easy and human thing to do, but that is the difference between what colour is represented on the NFC side of the board on uh, in two weeks' time. And you know, you know, for for all the things of which we can say positive about the Rams, they didn't really impress me at all. Stafford didn't really impress. You know, all the pl- most of the plays of which were done were pretty simply schemed up plays. You know, everything which Obi did. OBJ did. He was in single coverage running quite long routes of which were mainly in routes. You expect him to make those nine times out of ten. Cup making the few spe- 
spectacular catches at this point in the season. You expect that from him considering what he's done. He's probably the best wide receiver in the game at the moment. Um, you know, Stafford is a, I wouldn't say he's an elite quarterback, but he's a good quarterback. And he made mistakes and just not punished. So I, I know I've kind of gone against your entire point at the start of this, Sean, but to me, this was this was a win by the 49ers stolen by themselves and gifted to the Rams so that they have a shot at doing a home run victory in their own pad in two weeks. But perhaps perhaps this is a bit of a, a sort of an evolution of Sean McVay because what you just explained there is is the way that the Patriots used to win all those games and win Super Bowls by being efficient, by doing your job and by getting the job done. And, you know, this wasn't a flashy game by any stretch. You know, there was a, there was a couple of good plays, like you said, but it, they just did their jobs, you know, OBJ and, and Cooper cup, you know, they, they weren't lights out in terms of, you know, making huge, huge plays all game, but they just did what they needed to do. You know, they got yeah. the yardage, they got the first downs. And maybe this is a more of a McVeigh where, you know, he struggled to beat Shanahan for the last two, three, four years. And when we all said that, I said that last week, they lost the last six to the 49ers. He struggled. And maybe this is the sort of homecoming, shall we say, of Sean McVeigh, <laughs> where finally he gets over the hump of, of, of old nemesis that he can't beat. And he learns how to scheme around them and, and, and sort of win the game. Um, so, you know, I've got a lot of sort of time for just getting the job done, no matter how you do it. You know, if you win ugly, you still win. Um, but I must give one, before I come back to you, Sean, I must give a shout out to Eric Weddle, leading the Los Angeles Rams defense in tackles, who was retired three weeks ago. Comes out of retirement, leads the team in tackles in the NFC championship game. What a story. (laughs) Yeah, he's uh, he's made a he's made a significant impact. Or like you say, obviously led the team in tackles this week. But he he, he has given them that um, veteran presence in that secondary, hasn't he? Look, I think you know Josh just doesn't want to give OBJ any credit for anything, which is fair enough. I understand Josh's oh, stance on OBJ. No, he had a, he had a good game, and there were a couple of catches which he made, which were really impressive. Just saying that they are scheming him in the right ways. Yeah. They're using him as a as an elite second wide receiver which is yeah, and, exactly how you should be playing him. If you've got exactly. him to play as the second wide receiver, he's going to get your yards. No, exactly. But, you know, I think to Steve's point, look, I, I think I'm probably agreeing with both of you in a roundabout way. I think that, I think there's probably elements of both in this. I think, you know, the Rams know now what they're good at in terms of on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I, I was actually quite impressed that they stayed committed to a balanced attack. You know, their run game didn't offer up a ton of yardage, but they made sure that they stuck with it. You know, those 28 rushes for a combined 60, sorry, 72 yards. You know, but they continued to go to that. You know, there was a lot of ball control. Um, you know, and ultimately, my point about limiting that rushing attack was in in the end, like I say, and I appreciate what you're saying, that, you know, things could and should have possibly been different. But it ultimately got to a position where they sort of said to Jimmy G, go and beat us, and he couldn't get it done. Um, you know, and ultimately, that's been the criticism that his detractors would have had of him all season. And ultimately, in the biggest of moments, that's what's come to roost. You know, he, he couldn't get the job done. Be really interesting to see what does happen with him. I'm sure there will be a trade market for him because there'll be a number of teams that would view him, I would guess, as an upgrade on what they currently have. Um, you know, if the Eagles could get a first round pick for Carson Wentz last year, it's certainly surely not beyond the realms of possibility that even a price as high as that could come into it. 
Oh, okay then. He, a, a fun little segue then. Team that Jimmy Garoppolo goes to if he does get traded. Just a just a quick off the top of your head. Oh dear, you've put me on the spot now off the top of my head. I have. Well, look, yeah, you have. Look, there's there's a huge number of teams that are going to want a quarterback, aren't there? Um, you know, really, like I just said there, there'll be a number of teams that are looking at it. Is he a better option than what we currently have on the roster? Um, it's very Have you got one on the top of your tongue, Steve? I think there's a few teams around the league that need a sort of balanced head, you know, a sort of um, an experienced guy who, you know, is, is uh, I'm not saying that Jimmy G is going to win a Super Bowl next year, but, and uh, you know, he's been he's he's been to a Super Bowl and he's now just been to another championship game. He's an experienced guy. You know, you could, for some of the teams that are in desperate need of a quarterback solution, um, you know, maybe someone like Carolina, but then they've cycled through quarterbacks like nobody's business. So perhaps that's not the best destination for him. Um, Houston, maybe if they if they're looking for someone to sort of steady the ship, um, and and sort of take them forward, Detroit is is Jared Goff the answer in Detroit? I, don't I think, think really Jared know. Goff is the answer there. I reckon they stick with Goff there. I, for me, uh, one from each uh, conference, Denver, because I don't think they're going to be able to attract the right guy in Denver, and I reckon that with the talent around him, they could elevate Garoppolo rather than the other way around. And then also um, New Orleans, if Winston isn't healthy. I don't think New Orleans can afford to pay for anybody, let alone <laughs> let alone a quarterback that's probably going to command a fair salary. I mean, look, I think you, you'd want to play to his strengths and what his strengths are, and that's what we just said, you know, good defence around him. You know, you're not going to want a guy that has to go and score 30 points to win games. That's not the star that he is. You know, look, I'm not just saying this to, to get laughs and giggles. Genuinely, who's going to play quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers next year? I don't think he's. Any, I, 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 don't I did wonder that, but I don't think he's their kind of guy. Good defense, though, potentially. You know, it, it could be something that happens. Look, there's plenty yeah. of people that are, that are making arguments to trade for him in Cleveland. I'm not one of those people, but oh, there would God, be plenty no. of people, people that will make the well, argument. Well, why? 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 Why would we go for the same kind of quarterback? <laughs> well, that, that's has... my argument, but some people would say he's an upgrade, wouldn't they? He has very little guarantee. He has absolutely no guaranteed salary next season. So he could yeah. be cut for very little. So I wouldn't even be surprised if he's just cut. Yeah, it may well be. It may- and they might do the right thing by him and allow him to choose his destination. You know, it depends. Yeah. Like I said, it all depends on what they can get price-wise because they've obviously given up a lot of picks to go and get Trey Lance. If they can get some draft capital back, yeah, they'd be silly not to. I mean, the other one that I'd shout out just from a different conference potentially is Washington. Um, for similar yeah. situation, good Shout. defense, good Shout. defense. Haven't necessarily got um, the answer on the roster currently. You know, Fitzpatrick was brought in, but obviously spent most of the year injured, unfortunately for him. But he's certainly not the longer term answer. Um, you know, so there's a, there's a couple of teams potentially there. Um, in terms of the Rams, um, final word just on them, and in terms of the um, the defense and everything, Jalen Ramsey. Um, Jalen Ramsey against Jamar Chase. That's a, that's a matchup to look forward to, isn't it, fellas? You're both just smiling. Everybody that's listening to this won't have a clue about this, but the fellas are just both simultaneously started beaming from ear to ear. Have I, have I touched a nerve I mean, there, Steve? It's, I mean, that's possibly one of the best receivers against one of the best cornerbacks in the game, and that's going to be exciting to watch all game. Um, but Jalen Ramsey even proved that he is human. 
Um, it turns out that he gave up Tom Brady's last touchdown of his career. So, you know, he's, <laughs> he is human. Um, and, and Jamar Chase, dare I say, Jamar Chase actually had quite a quiet game on Sunday. You know, by his standards, you know, I'm talking about the guy that usually puts up 200 yards a game. He actually had a Well, yeah, because they put a safety over him. Yeah. Yeah, they certainly Just that they decided not to do that against T. Higgins. It will be interesting, won't it, to see whether yes. the uh, the Rams trust Jalen Ramsey in one-on-one coverage. That could be a really interesting matchup. We'll wait and see how it pays down. Let's not get into it, fellas, because we'll talk <laughs> for an hour and then we'll have nothing to talk about next week. Like I say, we'll get a full Super Bowl preview show. We'll have plenty of people on to help us break it all down, try and get some views from the other side of the pond as well. Um, so looking forward to getting into all that next week. But let's finish off today, fellas, with the just, Tom just, Brady just, news. Go on, just, Steve. I'll let you make one more. Point. Just before we move on, just a quick one. Did you notice that every sing every single one of the six divisional and championship games was decided by one score? Yeah. What, what in fact a, wasn't it by a, three point oh four points? Yeah, it's, it's been oh. so close. Every single game has been so so close. What a, what a what a couple of weekends of football we've had. Yeah, absolutely. You watch the Super Bowl be a blowout now and ruin it all. Yeah. Be like <laughs> <laughs> We'll get it. Like I say, we'll get into that next week. We, this you touched is why on we it. can't have nice things. <laughs> exactly, mate. You, you touched on it earlier. You said Jalen Ramsey gave up Tom Brady's last touchdown pass. It has been confirmed today after being sort of confirmed on the weekend and then denied. But essentially, it has now been officially confirmed. We speculated last week that it may happen, but Tom Brady is indeed hanging them up. After, you know, as look, I've said this many a time and I will argue this point with anybody. I don't even think it's an argument. The greatest NFL career um, that there has been to date. I don't think there is any doubt about that, in my opinion, at least. It's never going to be the same again, fellas. Tom Brady's been a staple in this game since I started watching it, and it'll be exactly the same for you two, fellas. He's always been the standard bearer. He's been the most successful quarterback to ever do it. I mean... We could wax lyrical about the guy or not, but Steve, what a what a legacy he leaves behind! What a what a career that he's had! Um, you know, just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. The obviously his achievements, notwithstanding, you know, he's he's gone above and beyond what anyone ever thought someone of his talent could. You know, we how many times have we heard over the years that he was the 199th pick or whatever it was? You know, and and we've all seen that that. Um, uh, draft day so sorry um combine day photo of him um without his shirt on where everyone's just like what who are you are you an athlete and now look at him like he goes he leaves the game uh you know atop the mountain of the most successful uh nfl player to ever play the game and probably ever will play the game um he's won more super bowls than any single nfl team in history um because he's won seven rings and the Patriots have won six and no one else has won more than the Patriots, which is just outstanding. Um, but I think what's, what's most, what's, what is most sort of outstanding is obviously to get to the age of 44 is just his longevity. Like apart from one season when he in 2008, when he was 31 and he, I think he did tear an ACL. I think it was, um, he got a pretty nasty injury. where he only played one game apart from that season. Um, he's played every single game um, apart from he missed four in 2016, which must have been his ban. Um, so he's never had, apart from that one season in 2008, he's never had a serious injury, which is outstanding. 
to get that level of fitness and that level of physique and to never sustain any sort of serious injury. You know, you look at someone in the modern game who you could compare him to, Russell Wilson, even he finally missed some games this season with with that thumb injury. And it just shows how hard it is to, to be as, uh, you know, have the endurance and the longevity that he did. Um, and, you know, on the one hand, I'm, I'm definitely glad to see the back of him. I'm ready for someone different. I'm ready for the, for the playoffs, not to just be about Tom Brady and who he's going to win the Super Bowl with this season. Um, I'm ready to see someone new and I'm ready to see the back of him. But at the same time, you have to respect the career he's had. Um, and the fact that this season, he put up the most passing yards than he ever uh, in his entire career at the age of 44 is unbelievable. Um, and I don't think anyone will ever replicate anything close to what he's done. No, I agree. Josh, I'm going to throw some numbers at you, mate, and then let you have your say on the great man. So, career record, regular season, 243 wins, 84,520 passing yards, 624 touchdowns. I mean, it's just absolutely phenomenal, isn't it? Playoffs, 35 wins, um, obviously seven Super Bowls in that. You know, Even in the playoffs, he's got 13,049 yards in his career. Are you reading that Buccaneers.com article, per chance? I'm not at all, mate. No, I'm no, not at all. Sorry, I'll, no. Just, uh, I'll, I'll just remember yeah, all I've these been... things off the top of my head. <laughs> I was going to say, because I've got a list of all the things in which he leads in, you know, leading all-time in wins, Pro Bowls, completions, attempts, passing yards, passing touchdowns, free touchdown games four touchdown games postseason wins super bowl appearances and wins completions passing yards etc he's at the top of pretty much every list that you could ever care about as a quarterback in the nfl and probably will be for a long time um because i think that he set the standard for what a quarterback needs to be to even be considered a starting quarterback nowadays and even the elite quarterbacks of the day can't get to his level of domination simply because there are more good quarterbacks out there, I think. I think that Brady really was the standard bearer. you got some of us around him as well, you know, like Peyton Manning comes to mind, for example, who I consider to be one of the one of the great quarterbacks. But, you know, Brady, for his results alone, stands tall. Um, something which I was going to start out with was uh, sport is incredibly funny where no matter what your what your fandom what your what your opinions this that and the other sport fans get a great sense of Stockholm syndrome when it comes to great players you know I consider Tom Brady being the sort of guy who you know as a Browns fan, you'd hate to come up against him because he just never lost against you. Or even if he was having a bad spell, he'd be able to correct it against you. I'd hate to be an AFC East fan because I imagine that he gives you nightmares at night. But yet I see posts aplenty, you know, saying, you know, respect um, greatest, greatest of all time, etc., etc. The Stockholm Syndrome is real because he really, really was the greatest of all time. I think it's just a massive banner of respect to the kind of player that he was that everyone was sick and tired of having to play against him and was just begging him to retire but you know it's all love at the end of the day because of the career he's had and that's pretty much where I'm at I'm just glad that we never have to play him ever again because I think that even if he was 50 odd he'd still do a job yeah it, and 
And, and and it's still a bit of a shock, and it probably still will be a shock until he doesn't actually suit up next season. Yeah. Because that that's exactly the thing. Like Steve just said, you know, he's not going out on a whimper, is it? I mean, let's be honest. Look, we said Big, Big Ben's had a phenomenal career as well, but Big Ben has kind of gone out with a whimper. You know, everybody knew Big Ben's time was up. Tom Brady's just had arguably the best season of his career. I know it was yeah. a 17-game season, and he's thrown for 5,000 in a previous season. But, I mean, essentially, the guy has just gone out... Um, you know, and, and let's be honest, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had covered Cooper Cup for a couple of uh, minutes at the end of that game, who knows, he could actually still be, you know, involved in the postseason right now. So, you know, just a phenomenal career, phenomenal player. Um, just, yeah, incredible. It, Go on, Steve. It's a testament to him as well. And I mentioned it earlier about how long, how the longevity that he's had, that no one has ever really even come close to playing into, into their forties as well as he has, or just as far mm. as he has, you know, you look at Bill, big Ben, he's, he's dropped off a cliff massively in the last two seasons and is evidently really struggling to play the game at this level anymore. You looked at, um, at, uh, Drew Brees in his last season, like his arm was going. You could tell he didn't have all of the throws in his in his in his locker room anymore. Like he, he, there were some throws he wasn't making anymore, and he was what 38, 39, I think. Um, you know, so it just shows that once you once you get towards that forty mark, it's really really hard to keep it going. Harder than it even is just to play in the NFL as it is. So it's it's a massive testament to the guy that he has just kept going and in, in, into his mid forties. And like you said, Sean none of us would have been surprised if he just came back next year none of us would yeah. because you know he, he was just, just Tom Brady was going to go on forever and this is why I think it's so surprising because this is just out of the blue no one was expecting Brady reti- to retire even though he's 44 no one was expecting him to retire and yet here he is see people are still talking about him coming back you realize if you keep saying it's like beetlejuice if you say his name three times during the regular season he's going to suit up for the panthers or something stupid so let's uh (laughs) so let's not keep talking about because something will happen i'm i'm personally glad that tom brady has decided to retire this year because when he and roethlisberger both get into the hall of fame first ballot all of it will be on brady (laughs) Big Ben will be relegated to the back seats. None of the coverage is going to be on him. We get to we we get to focus on the main guy, Tom Brady, and not even hear about the other guy. So that's It'll now be, yeah. a Hall of Fame procession I can watch. It'll be interesting, actually, because you've got to imagine Gronk will go now as well. So Brady and Gronk will definitely be first ballot. I don't know if they're allowed a certain amount first ballot year on year or not, but could Big Ben even be pushed out of first ballot? <laughs> One thing it's just quickly worth pointing out is is there gonna be literally rats from a sinking ship out of out of Tampa Bay now? You know, if Brady goes, Gronk we'd all imagine Gronk's probably gonna go as well. You know, that we talked about their cap issues of bringing all of the all of the Super Bowl winning team back. You know, there's a couple of guys are obviously gonna go out and get paid elsewhere. Like it wouldn't be surprised if that if that Tampa Bay team is looking very, very different next season well there was a reason why bruce arians said it's not going to be a rebuild it's going to be a reloading you know of which is definitely code for expect some changes because they knew that this was going to happen of course grunk's going to jump off the ship literally off the ship i imagine that his retirement video will be him jumping off the literal ship at raymond james (laughs) um and then 
but they do have quality pieces to build around. They're just going to need to be able to plug in a QB to do it. They're going to have to surrender some pieces, I imagine, on defense. But in the division that they're in and in the conference that they're in, because let's face it, the NFC is looking a little sparse at the moment and the NFC South is looking desolate. You know, it's not a bad place to play still in terms of thinking about that. The Atlanta Falcons, 2022 NFC South champions could well happen that they, could they currently have the best quarterback they currently yeah, have the exactly. best quarterback in the nfc south it's insane <laughs> maybe jimmy g goes to tampa we'll see we will see i'd pay yeah, to see but, that yeah. look there'll be plenty to talk about next week as well fellas there's been a few coaching hires we're not going to get into that now we'll we'll pick some of that up next week um because hopefully by then there'll be a few more of these vacancies filled but you know, it just never stops in the NFL, does it? Plenty to always talk about. As I've said a few times, though, next week we will be live on Thursday, so we'll put it out on all of our streaming platforms. It'll also be available as a regular audio podcast after the event as well. But a bit of a super show for you next Thursday. Word of warning, probably run for about an hour and a half, so it will be a fairly lengthy one, but um, we'll get plenty of coverage. Of which means on... two hours. <laughs> it's, pub, it's pub night for me Thursday, unless you're taking over the hosting duties, mate. It'll be an hour and a half, let me tell you. Um, I might even do a rundown for it, so we've got some structure. You will wait and see. But, uh, fellas, it's been, a bl- it's been a blast. The conference games didn't disappoint. The playoffs, like Steve said earlier, haven't disappointed. We're nearly there. One game left to go. Promises to be a cracker. Hope you all enjoyed Championship Weekend. Keep everything peeled to full10yards.com for further coverage as we build up towards the big game. And we'll be back in between years next week. Until then, we will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to find us on all our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Head over to our website, full10yards.com, where you can find out more information about why we are hashtag for the game.